we've all been to a carnival and you see the little goldfish that you can win if you toss the ping pong ball into the bucket of water. And those always are very popular prizes at the carnival and seems like a really good idea. Uh, but the problem is that these goldfish can't survive uh, for their entire life in that small bowl. There's this whole idea that if you keep an animal, or a person for that matter, in a very small enclosure, that they will never outgrow it. So, what really happens? Today we're going to give you an update on what's going on at Tide-Eyed Iguana, talk a little bit about what's going on new in the world of reptiles, and then we're going to debunk a very common myth regarding whether or not a cage enclosure determines the size of the animal. And then Bill is hot on the tails of the hurricane with his conspiracies, followed by a game. So I'm Matt. And I'm Bill. And I'm Heather. And you're listening to TDI Live. So what's new in the world of tie-dyed iguana? A uh, big thing this week is we have the Show Me Snakes Reptile Show this Sunday. Uh, that's at the Bridgeton, or the Machinist Hall in Bridgeton, or the Bridgeton Machinist Hall, however you want to describe it. Um, those of you who have never been to a reptile show, I would strongly suggest you try it out at some point. It's, uh, how would you describe it, Bill? I describe it, I hate to say flea market, but... It's, it's almost, I mean, that would be kind <laughs> of my interpretation. A to, mic market? <laughs> to tell somebody <laughs> that, you know... Someone's going to cut my tires for that one. You know, how you... It's like I a mean, flea that's market. The best, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. that or swap meat or... Swap meat. Whatever, you So. Know individual breeders will come out and they will bring their animals and uh, they sell them direct to the public. So there's a couple cool uh, cool things that go along with that. First, you can see these animals um, and question the person that produced them directly. Um, but two, generally the price point is going to be lower than like a retail price point. Now obviously there's stipulations that go along with that, but for the most part it's a really cool direct experience. Um, we go out there as the dry goods vendor, so we'll bring a trailer out and it'll be filled with tanks and bedding and lights and all that good stuff. So that's the big thing going on this week, and then getting ready for our new tortoise pen. Um, originally, I was going to install that this week until Heather told me that I was being ridiculous, and I would just get stressed out and pissed off because I'm loading for a show at the same time. So thank you, Heather, for talking <laughs> some sense into me. Oh, my goodness. All right, so Heather, why don't you tell us what's new in the world of reptiles? What's this I hear about a gene-edited reptile? Okay, so a, uh, a genetics lab in the University of Georgia, they actually produced the world's first genetically altered uh, lizards, uh, actually reptiles in general. Um, they were trying to study how albinism affects eye development in humans, so they decided to use uh, anoles as their model animal. And what they did was they uh, injected uh, a gene editor into these anoles and uh, they injected them into unfertilized eggs and then what they did was they let the eggs get fertilized and then once they hatched they ended up getting four different uh, albino babies so they actually were able to program these babies to be albino so what do you think about this, Bill? Um, <laughs> I don't. Really... You're the one I'm curious about because you're so anti-playing God when it comes yeah. to animals. I'm. But I they don't know. I'm kind of on albino. the fence with that. It's kind of like you, Bill. You've been programmed to be albino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They 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 did inject a lot of different eggs, but it looks like only four out of the. I think they did like 146 eggs, like in these lizards, and only four babies ended up being albino. So it's not like. Yeah guaranteed thing 
But I remember back in the 80s when tomato frogs first started coming in the hobby from, you know, the Madagascar tomato frogs, and nobody could get them to breed. Well, the guy, I think his name was Ernie Wagner, and he used some kind of urine to get them to basically ovulate to where they bred, and it was... They use some kind of hormone, or and I think he originally used some type of urine. I don't know if it was a male, female urine, or whatever. But um, they pissed in their Cheerios, huh? Yeah, and they. Or did uh, he just pee on he the ended frog? up breeding them. <laughs> but uh, I'm the funniest guy I know, guys. But yeah, but there was a lot of stuff that uh, he just People ignores me. With. I can't believe you just you like ignore. God, where is your? God damn it, Bill. <laughs> All right, so um, genetically programmed, pretty wild, man. Could be the future. There's people that'll charge a lot of money for that if they could like really isolate it. Yeah, think about it. Well, yeah, if breeders could like figure out how to do that, they could program their babies to, to be, be clear. Yeah, different. Be like a translucent ball python. I'm curious where they got uh, the albino clear. gene, because there is there have been albino anoles, and they're stupid expensive. They got a DNA sample them. from your hair, Bill, and. Well, then they would be brown and all. I'm not sure of the science of it, but it just—it's a special gene editing tool that they're able to huh. some sort it's of called enzyme. a Adobe gene. Maybe they, maybe <laughs> they the isolated, maybe they isolated a albino gene from an anole to do. I don't know. It's it's interesting, but I don't know. Sometimes there's that fine line, you know. And you cross it, then you start, you know start getting into the realm of the uh before you know it you're smashing unwanted. particles and trying to create black holes huh yep <laughs> all right so um speaking of reptiles then let's move on so um reptile the common reptile myth something i talked about at the beginning of this and i just thought that you know working this into our segment would be a good idea um so true or false i guess we already know reptiles only grow as large as their cage allows pretty common right like a lot yeah. of people think that yep um yep. <laughs> hence the goldfish example but uh you know from from my experience you know if you do put like a lizard for instance we'll use a bearded dragon that's a real common one that's a good one yeah you know, the big issue we see is people want to start them in a 10 gallon tank and they always say well it's just going to start there until it outgrows it well what happens is the bearded dragon never outgrows the 10 gallon tank it just stunts their growth now at the end of the day this isn't necessarily going to kill the animal but it's not ideal for the animal it's not healthy for the animal it's kind of like Harry Potter in the staircase. He was a very short man, right? I mean, look, he lived in a staircase his whole life. I've never seen Harry Potter. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, do you have anything you want to kind of contribute to this? You've seen it longer than I have. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I know back in the 70s when I was younger and I was starting to get Back in heavily... the 70s, you were like 30 in the 70s. No, I wasn't quite that old. <laughs> 30, but um, back then, animals were pretty much disposable. I mean, you buy something, if it died, you just went out and bought another one. Well, I think it was like the mid-70s, countries um, started closing export for, you know, a lot of animals. And then plus, a lot of animals were going on the endangered list. So then zoos and very, very few hobbyists started to, you know, captive breed stuff. And I don't think I really ever seen any large amounts of captive bred animals until about 82 or 83 is when I started seeing um, 
you know, a, a fair variety of captive bred stuff. And I bred stuff when I was younger, like corn snakes and and uh, eastern hognose and stuff like that. But I call this the bell rabbit hole. Yeah, I would just basically <laughs> if I or I would I would catch a you know I'd catch snakes and He's females like, yeah, would lay eggs. Hole. Here we go. And I would just hatch them out and get the babies going, and I would take the babies and let them go where the where I caught you know the adult. So and so that is exactly why the cage does not influence how big the animal gets yeah. or does. It, I think it really depends on species. <laughs> yeah, it'll stunt their growth, so don't do yeah. it. Put them no, in the right size cage. Be proactive about upgrading. Um, man, when you go into a store or a reptile show and they tell you you need a big cage, this is not an attempt to nickel and dime you or get a bigger sale. It's called taking care of the animal. And if you can't take care of the animal, do us all a favor and don't get the animal. Yeah. Problem solved. Well, and a lot of people have the mentality of years and years ago, you know, like you get a red air slider and you keep it in that little plastic yep. thing with a palm tree. The Turtle Lagoon. Yeah, because I had, buy those. Yeah, I had one of those. We when can I was still a kid. get those from our distributor. I'm like, really, guys? Yeah. But um, it's that mentality, and it's trying to break that that mentality that people were taught so long ago. So, this last weekend and early into this week. We, we, the world, have witnessed one of the most catastrophic storms in history. Uh, Category 5 hurricane, Hurricane Dorian, literally stalled right over the Bahamas for, what, like 36 to... It's kind of still there, like 36 to 48 it's hours. It's starting to move I think up it's the coast moved. a And bit. I yeah. saw some of the first footage that came out of that, and the trees were stripped bare. It literally looked like a tornado had hit, which they said the strength of this hurricane was similar to an EF4 tornado. So yeah. imagine your home being in an EF4 tornado for two days. Yeah, because they said the wind was over 200 miles yeah, an hour Yeah, gusting to 220. Like, yeah. record-breaking, catastrophic storm. This will take years to, to rebuild, and people's lives are literally changed forever. But wait, there's more. Dun, dun, dun. So, Bill, <laughs> what's the real story between behind the hurricane? Well, this is speculation, but from what I've heard that, you know, we can manipulate weather and this has been going on as far as i know from the 60s during vietnam they used it um but from what i heard there is a chinese based deep sea port i think it's 180 or 185 miles off the coast of the united states and it's they say it was going to be for you know shipping containers and bringing in goods and everything well then there were some other reports like this was a secret um, submarine base. Well, where this storm stopped is right where this deep seaport is. And they use HARP. I can't remember. I don't know what HARP. It's H-A-A-R-P. But they basically control the weather. And uh, they basically just made the storm sit over this deep sea port and I heard it's completely destroyed. And then I also heard um SEAL teams were, were going in there and, and doing a few things, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on what I'll watch some videos today, I'm sure I'll find out. <laughs> but uh but no and it, You don't think that this is just ironic? I don't think it's ironic just because of how it stalled because they they said this has never happened before. And just because there was no there was nothing happening in the upper atmosphere. That's why the storm stalled and it didn't have, you know, like the jet stream usually pushes these, you know, however which way. But 
you know, it's kind of like one of those things that I heard this morning on the radio, I heard there were seven deaths in the Bahamas. So I guess it's kind of like one of those things that you must die so others may live kind of thing. <laughs> it's called collateral damage. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah, I had seen on the, the Weather Channel, they said there was two high-pressure systems in the jet stream north of that, and it just kept it stuck there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's one hell of a storm to literally just hover over you for two days straight. It's like uh, like hell, like the door to hell. Yeah. Well, and they said this storm's going to, last I heard, this storm's going to skirt the east coast. It's not going to make landfall, I guess, maybe up until maybe North Carolina, possibly. But you're still going to get those outer bands of torrential rain. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, the east coast ain't out of the woods yet. They're They're going to get dumped on with a bunch of rain. And, you know, they've had a fair amount of rain, so the ground is already saturated. So I'm sure there's going to be some pretty uh, catastrophic floods in some areas on the East Coast. All right. Well, who knows? We'll never yep. know. All we know is uh, there's some damage. So yep. keep those people in your prayers. Well, and there's technology out there that, they, you know, they don't tell the average people that exist and... So it's just one of those things, Like jelly bean counters? Yeah. I know. They always made me think a person did it. Yep. Heather, what do you have for us today? You've always got something fun. We're going to wrap up the news and move into, uh, move into the Bill and Matt entertainment moment. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to play a game of what if. I'm not allowed to pick the questions anymore ever what since if? episode one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to, when I, when I was a kid, I used to always ask my dad that. What if? What if this? What if that? What if this? All right, what if? All right, the first one is, what if you were given three wishes? What would you wish for? This is a trap. Because, huh. see, the thing, here's the funny thing about that question. It's like winning the lottery. We all talk about what we would do if we won the lottery, but until you win the lottery and you're, like, faced with, like, that, yeah. you know, it's, man, like, no, what would you wish it's for? Kind of funny give give me one. I'll give you one if you give me one. And it's kind of funny about the lottery thing. A lot of times the people that do win the lottery, they end, it ends up destroying their life. Yeah. What well, do you think getting three wishes would destroy your life? Depends on what you wish for. I would say, for me, I wish, I, I would like to have about a thousand acres of land in my house right in the center. So nobody would be coming around my yard. Because I'm going to be that grumpy old man that screams at kids, get out of my yard! Because you're not that guy yet, Bill. Nope, not yet. people could witness this office first thing in the morning, (laughs) I get yelled at every morning. (laughs) So you'd wish Um, for a thousand acres? With a house. uh, I don't need a mansion or anything just because I'm by myself and just something comfortable. Um, Man, I don't know. Would you wish for? Uh, would you wish to live forever? Immortality? No. Yeah. No. It's like the ultimate curse. I think it is because you would see your loved ones, you know, grow old and die. Could you wish and... that all of your family was immortal? It's um, kind of a that's a blanket wish. Yeah, because they might not want to this. be either. So. I'd, I'd wish if I mean for three wishes, obviously, who knows? But uh, I think I would have to wish for like the the prolonged health of my entire family. Because yeah. that, that, I think, to me, is, like, one of the biggest fears is having to watch, like, a family member waste away or something. Oh, yeah. So, all right. And we'll just go with I one wish. Well, we can talk for 20 minutes about wishes. It, yeah. All right. All right. The next one is, what if you found a suitcase full of $1 million? What would you do? 
See, man, this is easy. A suitcase full of a million bucks, that's something shady. That's not someone losing their wallet. No. There's no... there's no, drug money yeah. or something like so that. You, I mean, personally, what suitcase? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If it had information in it, I probably would return it. <laughs> if found, please return to yeah. the Mexican cartel. Yeah. Care well, of I don't your know. entire family. If it, if it had something like that, then... The million dollars might just not have existed. Yeah, that'd be a hard one. I just I don't see your average human being carrying a suitcase of a million bucks unless they're trying to keep it off the record. And then how are you going to explain that? You know, if you're living very modestly, like check it? to check, and it's like all of a sudden, you know, you're driving, you know, a million bucks isn't as much money as it sounds like. No, I mean, it'll. I've known people that burn through million a million dollars in less than a year. Yeah, I'd keep it. If it was if it was that exact circumstance of a million dollars in a suitcase just yeah. found, like oh look at this, just have to make sure it was real money and not counterfeit. Yeah, you know how you figure <laughs> that out? Spend it. <laughs> yeah, go figure it out real quick. <laughs> the first hundred dollar bill bills. You, or whatever bills they were. I mean, you could right. test it yourself. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'd test it at the gas station. Yeah. All right. All right. The next one is now. Bill kind of answered this already. What if you could move anywhere, where would you like to live? Middle of nowhere, Bill? Yep, I would like to live in the middle of the woods. And Like what region? Like what kind of woods? Like north, I would tropical? say possi- probably Ozarks. I really yeah, no shit. If you yeah. could live anywhere in the world, you'd move to the effing Ozarks. Yeah. Damn. I just like the, I mean, the, the rivers are real nice there. Yeah, you're right. And uh, the mosquitoes are well, hungry. Yeah, and I don't know. I just like the Ozarks because I have been contemplating. DNR is there. there at every turn. No, it's pretty secluded. And if not there, then I don't know. Maybe in the yeah. mountains. I'm the Tampa Bay area man. I'm gone as soon as, as soon as the kids are off. That's the end game. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've I don't mind visiting Florida, but I couldn't live there. Oh, dude, I'm there. <laughs> All right, got any more? Okay, the last one is, what if you could eat only one food for the rest of your life? What food would you choose and why? I would have to say roast beef. Because <laughs> that's what I already <laughs> eat every day anyway. I go uh, through spurts. I'll eat something every day for like a couple months, and then I'm like, okay, I'm burned out on this. So I'll switch it up. Mine's got to be chicken wings because they're like... Little nuggets of heaven yeah. with hot sauce. Heaven nuggets. Hot heaven nuggets. All right. Well, that was awesome. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, we record every Wednesday. We release every Thursday. You can now officially find us, um, I think, pretty much everywhere. iTunes has us, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean. Um, are we missing anyone? Nope, I think that's it's it. Uploaded to the YouTube channel, too. Oh, yeah. And oh. it hits our YouTube channel yeah. automatically. So I did notice the last one we did yeah. on there so check us out on there search for tdi live um and uh yeah if you ever have any suggestions something you want to see shoot us a message and let us know so thank you for listening i'm matt and i'm bill and i'm heather and you just listen to tdi live thank you for listening to tie-dyed iguanas podcast tdi live And don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thetdi.com.